1: Leaders from both the Republican and Democratic Party here in Alabama held significant decision-making meetings this past weekend in the Alabama GOP. The executive committee voted overwhelmingly on a resolution that calls for closed primary voting through party registration. The votes in favor of that measure came in at 81 percent. The state Senate District 27 primary race has been the major impetus for this resolution being revisited. This comes after incumbent Tom Watley lost by one vote to Auburn City Councilman Jay Hovey, and Democrats came out and admitted that they crossed over in this race to sway the outcome. ALGOP Chairman John Wall says this past resolution is a recommendation that will head to the state legislature when it reconvenes. The details on how it's implemented will be determined by the state lawmakers. Baldwin County Republican Party Chairman Michael Hoyt supports this resolution, Hoyt spoke with 1819 News saying that Alabama could look to the state of Florida as an example to follow when it comes to closed primaries. And when it comes to the Alabama Democratic Party, state leaders on the executive committee met on Saturday to elect new leadership. Randy Kelly was voted in as the new Democratic chairman for the state party. Kelly is the former vice chair who was removed from that position back in 2019. He's also still the senior pastor of Lakeside United Methodist Church in Huntsville. Kelly received 104 out of the 202 votes that were cast. Two others were running for that position, Tabitha Eisner and Josh Coleman. Chairman Chris England did not run for a second term. The Alabama Democratic Party has seen a lot of internecine fighting for the past five years, which led to a huge divide in 2019 with Chairwoman Nancy Worley and Vice Chair Randy Kelly having their prior election in 2018 be nullified by internal factions that were led by Democrat Doug Jones. And former Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court Roy Moore is back in the news. Moore just won a five-year legal battle when it comes to the special Senate election between him and Doug Jones, which occurred in 2017. A federal court in the Northern District of Alabama handed Moore an $8.5 million victory for the defamatory ads that were run during that campaign. The federal court found that the Senate majority pack out of Washington, D.C. was liable for damages in the ads that they put out against Moore. Those ads claimed that he was barred from entering a Gadsden mall back in the 1970s because he was soliciting sex from underage girls. Moore ended up losing to Doug Jones in that race. Attorney Jeff Wittenbrink says that a jury of regular people handed Moore a legal victory over those in Washington, D.C. who will say and do anything to capture an election, even if it means dragging a good man's reputation through the mud. New rules are approved when it comes to medical marijuana being grown and sold in Alabama. The Alabama Medical Cannabis Commission met recently to finalize the proposed regulations following a time for public opinion and input that ended last week. Only one person on the commission chose to abstain from voting in favor of these new policies. The document will now go to the Alabama Legislative Service Agency, and once they finalize those rules, it could be published by the end of this month. The rules would then be adopted this coming October. The regulations will govern those who grow, process, sell, and prescribe the medical marijuana. Also at this past meeting, the Code of Conduct and Ethics was approved unanimously by the commission. A would-be robber near Chia State Park is now dead. Authorities say that the victim in this robbery attempt was also shot and wounded and has been treated at the hospital. Police say the attempted robbery happened on the National Forest Service Road. The robbery suspect's identity has not yet been released. Authorities are also looking for a second person involved who left the scene, and that is a black female of slender build who is wearing a black crop top shirt. Governor Ivy released photos over the weekend of her with another governor in order to dispel some rumors that had started circulating last week. 77 year old Ivy was seen welcoming Republican Governor Christy Nome to Montgomery. Questions have been swirling on various news sites of why the governor has not been seen in public lately and whether or not she has spent time in the hospital. The governor's office says that Ivy is healthy and remains cancer free from her bout with lung cancer in 2019 but they have not confirmed or denied if the governor has actually been in the hospital. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, the U.S. Department of Justice now claims that Donald Trump may have violated the Espionage Act of 1917, and they are claiming that as the reason for their raid of his Florida home. That's where 15 boxes of documents and items were taken. Trump is now demanding that some of those items be returned immediately since they involve attorney-client privilege and executive privilege. Judicial Watch is a D.C.-based organization that seeks to investigate government corruption. Judicial Watch was one of the first organizations to immediately file a legal request to see the FBI documents on their reasoning and legal steps that were taken before they conducted that raid of mar lago Tom Fitton is the president of Judicial Watch. He went on Newsmax this past Sunday to talk about the whole Espionage Act and the issue with the raid on Trump's house.
0: Well, the Espionage Act is an elastic um, law, and I'm not saying it should be ended as a result, but it includes all sorts of information that doesn't involve or the mishandling of all sorts of information that doesn't necessarily involve espionage as normal people understand it or regular folks understand it. The big lie there is terming it classified without at least putting it in quotes. The question as to whether materials were classified, uh, as I highlighted, is in significant legal dispute. Yeah. Once he took them with him, they're presumed to be his records. You know, Carl, we litigated this in the the past. Uh, Bill Clinton had a tape that uh, an author had um, made of his talking to foreign leaders and government leaders. And he kept that in his sock drawer, and we saw that, that he still had it after he left. We sued the National Archives, and the court and the archives told us to jump in a lake, that the president had ultimate authority to decide what's personal and presidential, and because he had it. this is what the lawyer told the court. The fact that he had the tape presumptively, presumptively made them personal. Yeah, my guess is the FBI is going to have all sorts of excuses as to why uh, they couldn't behave like uh, a, a normal law enforcement operation, in this case involving the former president, uh, show any respect for the office or uh, his advisors. And uh, they'll have all sorts of excuses, uh, but the raid should never have happened. It was a political raid, there was no legitimate justification for it. So everything that happened afterwards. It's just, it's just more of the same in many ways, Carl. Yeah.
1: No Republicans in the U.S. House voted in favor of another government spending bill. That bill will hire 87,000 more IRS agents and spend more taxpayer money on climate change issues as well as Obamacare. President Joe Biden plans to sign this bill into law. It was the deal that was worked out between Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer behind closed doors. Biden was in Delaware this past weekend taking more bike rides along the beach. Some of the crowd that were there in Delaware were waiting for him to drive by. Here's what happened.
2: Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, will you come talk to us? No. <laughs> <laughs> go, go get
1: Meanwhile, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert of Colorado called the Inflation Reduction Act nothing short of armed robbery for the U.S. taxpayer. She did so on the House floor when the bill was being considered. Thank
2: you, Mr. Speaker. Insanity is doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different result. That makes the supporters of this legislation, by definition, insane. Reckless spending in this town is what causes inflation. And we cannot continue to increase taxes on the American people and put a target on American energy production while spending a historic $370 billion on Green New Deal initiatives and expect to lower inflation and improve our economy. Remember that so-called bipartisan infrastructure bill? Yeah, we spent $200 billion on Green New Deal initiatives, I guess that was just a down payment on this never-ending theft of American tax dollars. You are sacrificing American families at the altar of climate change. Mr. Speaker, isn't it so? Joe Biden himself said inflation rate is at zero percent. So what the heck are we doing here? Why are we passing this so-called Inflation Reduction Act if it's at zero percent? Well, in fact, it's the Inflation Enhancement Act.
0: The gentleman's time
1: has expired.
0: I will yield an additional 30 seconds to the gentlelady from Colorado to finish her comments. The
1: gentleman is recognized for an additional 30 seconds.
0: This
2: bill hires 87,000 new IRS agents, and they are armed, and the job description tells them that they need to be required to carry a firearm and expect to use deadly force if necessary. Excessive taxation is theft, and the chairman said that we are using the power of the federal government in this bill, you're darn right you are. you're using the power of the federal government for
1: armed robbery. More U.S. congressional members are in Taiwan just two weeks after Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi enraged the communist Chinese government by going to that island in Asia to visit. The four Democrats and one Republican that are currently there are being led by Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts. They will first visit Taiwan and then go on to other countries in that part of Asia to discuss regional security, trade, investments, and overall relations with the U.S. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey issues an executive order to continue building the wall in that state along the U.S.-Mexico border. Ducey is directing the Arizona Department of Emergency and Military Affairs to fill in major gaps at the Yuma border wall in the city of Yuma. Ducey says his state has had enough, and they will wait no longer for the Biden administration to develop a sense of urgency on this issue. Ducey called Biden's response to the emergency at the border a dereliction of duty. The open spots in the wall will be filled in with 60 double-stacked shipping containers with razor wire around it at the top. The containers will be welded and linked together in order to create a 22-foot high wall that will fill in a 1,000-foot gap right there in Yuma, Arizona. Remember the fatal shooting on a movie set based in New Mexico where Alec Baldwin was the main character? Now an FBI forensic report has been released on the issue. Baldwin claimed to have only cocked the hammer of the prop pistol when he pointed it at the cinematographer and director of the set and the gun fired. Baldwin claims the gun simply went off on its own and that he did not touch the trigger. However, the FBI report is disagreeing with what Baldwin said. They say the Colt 45 single single-action revolver could not have fired without the trigger being pulled, even if the hammer was in a quarter- or half-cocked position. The incident with Baldwin ended up killing director Helena Hutchins and injured the cinematographer. Prop guns in a movie set are never to have real bullets in them, so how and why that was the case still has yet to be resolved. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Be sure and check out Alabama Unfiltered as they bring in a special guest, Rebecca Blocker, to talk about ESG, environmental social governance.
3: It's cancel culture on a grand scale. So, for example, if you are putting together a retirement fund, so you have a, a fund, maybe it's got 30 companies in it. Um, they will not if it's an ESG fund. So there's the S&P and then there's the S&P ESG. And those don't include um guns or ammo manufacturers mm-hmm. uh, they don't include things that are cons- fossil fuels fossil fuels right so you see how Biden has said that he wants to put fossil fuels out of business and here is that S&P not including them in certain funds just to get them out of business to hurt their bottom dollar right so um, if someone says I want my fund to go to something that helps the planet on paper it sounds good I mean it's no different than you know, You say, it's the same group that wants to just shop at farmer's markets or only buy from fair trade organizations. They want to do something to help the planet. But the data has come out, and it shows very little effect. Not much is actually happening. Most of the scores aren't based on what they're doing environmentally, and they can't prove it. Mm-hmm. So um, now you've got two sides. One of them, well, you've got the right who is just against it because it involves tracking and privacy. And right. like I said, when they're picking winners and losers, they're not picking causes that they're, they're all left-leaning political causes. And so, um, but the one of the big problems with this is that at the top of the ladder is BlackRock, which Larry Fink, the owner of BlackRock, mm. is also um, on the board of the World Economic Forum. So okay. um, he also wants to push what they're calling stakeholder capitalism. So stakeholder capitalism, as opposed to shareholder capitalism, means that they are not just looking out for the interest of the shareholders' financial interests, but they're looking mm. out for... The cost to the planet, the cost to the world, the people who have a stake in these companies.
0: That's how you get around fiduciary responsibilities to the stockholders is by getting the system changed to where you met your fiduciary responsibility to the stakeholders, which could mean anything and everything you want to do.
1: You can find more of that podcast at 1819news.com under the podcast tab. If you've been enjoying The Daily Detail and find it informative, please consider going to the main page of wherever you listen to this podcast and dropping a five-star rating. I surely do appreciate it. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama.
0: Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com,
1: where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.